Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is also available in iTunes and at thejazzsession.com, where you'll also find Amazon links to purchase the music you hear on the show. And if you do it that way, a little bit of your purchase comes back to the Jazz Session. And you'll find a donate button if you'd like to give something directly to the program. If you're interested in becoming an underwriter of the Jazz Session, please get in touch with me via the contact page at thejazzsession.com. Here's a little peek behind the curtain. I uh, record these intros either right before or right after I interview the artists. And uh, this is actually my second time recording this intro because (laughs) the last time and the first time I did it, I just hashed it up so badly that I thought it will take me 10 times as long to (laughs) edit out all of the stupid things I said and all of the mistakes I made. So I'll just scrap it and do it again. So I know when you listen to the show, it sounds flawless and you think, my Lord, how could anyone keep up that level of quality week after week, show after show? And the answer, and really this should have been self-evident, the answer is editing. That's how it works. I just edit out all the stupid crap I say, and you're left with a, I don't know. Something. Thank God the artists are smart. That's all I can say. Anyway, this record that we're going to listen to today uh, is an album called Observatories by a band that I'll just put it out there I had never heard of until this record came in my mailbox, a band called Blue Cranes. And I promise I didn't book them just because of the name. Honestly, the reason I booked them is because uh, the album is phenomenal, and it's one of those records that I stuck it in the stereo, you know, cranked it up as is my want. I really don't know what that means. Cranked it up as is my want, and uh, in the first 20 seconds of this record, I knew, that's it, going to book them. Unless it's really downhill after the first 20 seconds, these guys need to be on the show. Turned out it was pretty much uphill after the first 20 seconds. It's a great record, and please don't take my word for it. Here are the first 20 seconds, followed by the subsequent about 100 seconds of the album Observatories, and a great tune called Grandpa's Hands.
My guests are uh, two saxophonists, Reed Wallsmith and Joe Cunningham, who are members of a fantastic band called Blue Cranes, uh, who I did not book just because of the name. And they have uh, a great new record called Observatories, and uh, as it turns out, I believe we'll be coming to a city near you almost no matter where you are. So uh, it's my pleasure to welcome uh, Reed and Joe to the show. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks a lot for having us. Thank you. So, uh, having already recorded the introduction to this show, I know that I've already said this, but uh, this is one of those records that I put on, and uh, and I think you guys have, have seen me say this online, too. And in the first 20 seconds, it was clear this was a record I wanted to talk about, and it just goes up from there. It's really a, a fantastic album. And I wanted to talk about um, kind of the nature of the compositions, I guess, to start off. One of the things I love about this record is it is melodically very, very strong, and there's a lot of kind of anthemic compositions and there are these kind of like alt country jazz tunes and it's just everything under the sun is in here but it's all very cohesive and so I thought I'd ask about how you guys have have arrived at that at a, at a cohesiveness that allows for an incredibly diverse array of, of musical inspirations uh, this is Reed and um, I think one thing that's been really neat to try and develop with this group is um, a focus just on really on the songs themselves instead of on the like uh, soloing like instead of highlighting solos of each one of us um, I think we're all really trying to focus on the songs and um, and one thing that that has that I think we've tried to do is to just allow like melodies to be played over and over or, um, to really let them speak for themselves do the uh, do the arrangements for these pieces, uh, do they tend to come with the compositions, or is this the kind of thing where someone brings in a, a melody or a lead sheet and then you figure out how it's all going to fit together, or is it a is it a mix of those concepts? Uh, Joe here. Uh, it, it's it's definitely a, a mix of the two. There are some songs that just uh, have created their own form, and then there are some songs that we, you know, we try 15 ways until we find the one that we uh, relate to the best. So uh, it really depends on song, yeah. Uh, given that we have uh, the two horn players here, that of course gives us a great chance to make fun of the rhythm section. Um, <laughs> or at least just to say what their names are. So uh, if one of you could uh, could tell people who else is in the band, that would be great. Yeah, it's, um, Jai Tanzer is the drummer and Keith Brush is the bass player and Rebecca Sanborn Board and play piano and piano. Play. Reed, can you talk about how this band came together? Yeah, um, uh, Jai and I have known each other for gosh, like 15, 20 years or something. Um, I guess 15. We uh, we went to high school together and reconnected um, quite a f- numbers of, number of years after high school and um, started playing duo. And around that time, I had uh, moved back to Portland from uh, playing in a rock group in Rhode Island and had a lot of compositional ideas I wanted to try and put together a group to play um, in Portland. And so we got together with Keith and um, originally started performing as a trio and called it Blue Cranes. And um, I think about a year later, we were looking uh for a chording instrument because a lot of the songs were starting to really call for um, a chording instrument and um, 
we tried a couple different people, and Rebecca ended up being just the perfect fit for creating this um, creating the sound that we were looking for. Just to just to quickly uh, translate, in other words, you were looking for an instrument that could play more than just single lines, something that could exactly. fill in the harmony. Yeah. Right? Yep. Exactly. And I think so. We put out one album as a quartet, and uh, and right around that time we wanted to do something special for our CD release and um, Joe had actually come to a show of ours a little bit before that and uh, had offered to write some music for the group which we were tickled by and ended up um, playing together and it just it felt so magical the first time that we got to play as a quintet we immediately decided to keep going as a quintet from there Joe, will you talk about uh, the experience of uh, you and, and Reed playing together? You guys seem to to be almost like one one organism with two saxophones uh, in a lot of these tunes. Uh, wh- what's it like for you um, to be playing in this two horn front line? Boy, it it's tough to talk about because it from just from the very beginning it was it was um, it was. It was pretty, yeah. I mean, magical is the word. I guess we 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 always joke about having having been separated at birth. <laughs> and I, I think uh, I think a lot of it has to do with we we have uh, we come from uh, uh, similar influences. You know, we we're, we're both into uh, you know Ornette Coleman, and we're also both into Elliot Smith. You know what I mean? It's like sort of uh, our aesthetics are lined up throughout the years. So um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty magical right off the bat, and uh, yeah, and it's continued to be that way. album observatories did um was there any kind of uh, maybe thematic or or other kind of goal for the record or was it just you know we've got enough songs now a new songs now let's let's make an album was there uh, any particular thing you were trying to document other than this moment in time this is reed um it it ended up being it was a collection of songs that we had that we had worked on since the previous album but 
I think it took on a real life of its own, and um, one big change on this album was the contribution of more of these um, kind of repeating um, melodies uh, that a lot of the work that Joe did on this album took us in a new direction of um, just like a melody that will repeat over and over and um, and like there might be uh, let's see I guess I'm thinking of like the songs Broken Windmills and Maddie May um, and so that I think that coupled with um, a little bit more of a cohesive sound as a group um, in terms of um, in both of our writings like like a little more counterpoint and um, uh, I think it it took on a I hope a cohesive sound as an album yeah I don't think that we we really we I don't think we set out with a uh, uh, with a goal in mind for this record it, it pretty much was you know as soon as we had enough songs let's do this thing and it sort of turned into something uh, uh, or turned into to, to what it is which I think is a pretty good record I mean uh, we we haven't even really talked about concepts for records at all until until now actually we had a discussion about it this morning um, so yeah this record uh, just was uh, you know the, uh, the songs that we had at the time you know is one explanation for that uh, uh, this is probably a stupid question that cohesiveness now that you are a quintet and you can actually write specifically for the quintet for this record I imagine that makes it easier to integrate all five elements uh, into the compositions yeah this is Reed definitely Um, on our previous album we were a quintet but it had a lot of the music had been written while we were a quartet and then we integrated new lines into it to incorporate Joe and on um, on this album we've been able to right from the get go from the conception of the songs um, incorporate everybody anything at all about the uh, music scene in, in Portland, Oregon. Uh, what's it like? It, it seems uh, like it must have a lot going for it if it can produce music like this. Can you guys, one of you guys talk about it? Or both of you? 
Uh, yeah, I'll go first. This is Joe. Um, um, the music scene in Portland, boy, it's 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 pretty amazing. Um, we we've we've got. Uh, I mean, there are people. The joke is there's you know uh, uh, there's well, I guess I don't know what the joke is, but <laughs> there are so many musicians in Portland, and there are musicians moving to Portland every single day because how great the scene is it's it's a lot of indie rock type stuff but it's a lot of experimental no matter what kind of music it is experimental rock experimental jazz exper- even experimental reggae i've seen hip-hop and everything it's it's pretty uh it's pretty amazing and and we we like to uh go see a lot of live music and we draw from everything that we see and it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing and Joe, do you find that uh, you guys are able to find a home in places beyond just the traditional, you know, kind of jazz club setting, given the nature of the music that you play? Oh yeah, it's funny. On this last tour, we, we, uh, you know, our our first show was a was a house party where we played on the the back patio for a bunch of parents and kids, and it was amazing. And then and then we played some rock clubs, and then we were in L.A. and we played a swanky little jazz bar, and then. We, you know, the next night we were in Santa Cruz and we played a punk rock club, and and it, it, every single show on the entire tour was was amazing. It was really amazing. We had great turnouts and, and uh, people were really receptive. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's pretty great. Now, uh, one thing that uh, unfortunately by the time this this airs, it will have uh, or the the funding portion will have ended. But uh, as I said before we started recording this. You guys didn't need my help. Uh, the thing I'm referring to is your your train tour, um, funded through Kickstarter. So uh, maybe one of you could just explain briefly what Kickstarter is, and then uh, talk about the uh, upcoming tour. Yeah, this is Reed, and Kickstarter is a website that I'm actually not sure how long it's been around, but I first noticed it about a year ago, and um, it's a vehicle for people to create projects that they want to do. <coughs> and uh, create a budget and then put it out online and, and look for um, individuals to grant money to see that project through. And um, a unique thing about it is that in the past, a lot of funding sources for artists has, has been um, individual like benefactors giving money to a large organization who would then dole out the money to um, individual artists or to Nonprofits or whatever, and um, Kickstarter has uh, allowed individuals or individual groups or whatever to apply for um, for their friends and community and people beyond that community to support something that they want to make happen. And um, so the project that we wanted to do was um, we've toured uh, six or seven times on in Oregon, Washington, and California, up like, up to Seattle and down to L.A., but we've never been east of there, and we've never been out to the East Coast, and it's something that we really want to do. And so we were thinking about how to do that in a way that is healthy for the band and um, it's not going to wear us thin and will allow us to hit a lot of places on the way and on the way back. Um, we had this idea of doing it by train so that there would be no one having to drive all night. Uh, it wouldn't be the expense of trying to fly to each place. And uh, so it seemed like a really neat um, idea. And, it, and as I started thinking about it, I was 
I couldn't figure out why more bands weren't trying to do this. And then I realized that it's very expensive right now because of the the way that, uh, I guess pretty much the way our society's set up with a lot of money from our taxes going to fund um, the roads and the and buses, uh, sorry, not buses, uh, the, the whole highway infrastructure and um, there's a lot of money going towards trains too but it but I think it's a little bit skewed and it makes the train travel pretty expensive now and so that was the reason that we applied to um, for this Kickstarter campaign and ended up coming through last night we raised enough money to make it happen so we'll be coming out east um, sometime in spring of 2011 um hopefully all by train, which I'm excited about. And I'm a little bit scared about now that we actually uh, got this funding. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to haul all of our stuff from station to hotel to venue, and uh, (laughs) it's a little bit mind-boggling now. (laughs) And uh, we haven't booked a tour yet either, so if anybody anybody out there wants to help us, just let us know. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm seeing a lot Including more of this. Including you, Jason. We'll play we'll play at your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure if my uh, my apartment, my basement apartment, is conducive <laughs> to a blue crane show. Um, however, here in Albany, we love music, so uh, we'll we'll make it happen. Um, right. I'm seeing a lot more people these days in my in my daytime life. I uh, run the New York State bicycling coalition kind of a statewide advocacy group for cyclists and so i do a lot of things in the cycling world and i see people like uh i think on friday taylor hobinum for example is doing a new england tour all by bike or ben Solly, the cellist is uh he and his band are all tour are touring by bike and train now and steel wheels a bluegrass band does a similar thing it seems like there's uh I don't think it's large enough to call it a movement yet, but there's certainly some thought being given to how you can move about in the world and and make music in ways that are less destructive of the world around us. Which and I'm, I'm obviously a hundred and ten percent for it, and uh, really excited to hear that you guys are going to try something as ambitious as a cross country tour that way. I think that's great. Thank you. Yeah, that's fun. My advice would be uh, folding bikes. Not great for hauling the gear, but fun when you get there, and you can take them on Amtrak. So uh, which you can't with a lot of other bikes. So.
can you uh, can you talk a little bit about how much uh, as a band you use the studio as an instrument? It's uh, it's difficult for me to tell in listening to the record um, how much that that factors in. Um, this is Reed, and on this album we we use the studio a lot more than our previous album. Um, the Homing Patterns was the previous album. We I don't think there were any overdubs on that album. I might I might be wrong, but I I don't think so. I think it was all live, completely live takes. And um on this one we tracked the uh our core band like the five of us tracked everything live. Um and then we sat on it for a couple months and had the ability to go back into the studio and we we got to sit at home with those recordings and write string arrangements specifically to go with what happened during the recording, some of it being improvised, some of it being written. And so we could write string trio parts to react to what happened there, and then we went back and recorded those. and Some percussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty fun... We had... Um, which you can see all of that uh, on YouTube, actually. <laughs> Somebody videotaped on it. There oh, was, a, um, I think, like a 15-person group of uh, percussionists, uh, including uh, my parents, came and <laughs> and uh, hit percussion instruments for the intro to the last song on the album. Yeah. And uh, so it was really it was really fun to think about little things to to add and and add to the live energy that was already that was there but um make something special for because it is a recording and not a live show the uh this is dumb but one of my favorite things about this record is that in the liner notes for track eight there's like 20 names listed and (laughs) and eight of those names are listed as choir and they sing they sing two lines which is just (laughs) I couldn't love that anymore. I don't even know if it's supposed to be funny, but when I, when I finally opened the liner notes and uh, I always listen to everything before reading and I looked and there's like, you know, 900 people listed for this track and they sing the last four words. And it's just, that's just brilliant. I love, I love it. Um, I once heard somebody say that you should always start an album strong and finish it strong, and no one will remember what happens in the middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, this record, I think the middle is incredibly, incredibly solid. But uh, but man, does it start and end strong, too. Um, Grandpa's Hands is just fantastic. And as I said, the first 20 seconds sold me before I even got to anything else. And then Yellow Ochre and Here Is You, Here Is Me, I think those two tracks for me really encapsulate encapsulate a lot of what I love about this album. They could not be more different. They could not be more sonically different. And yet they have this unified band sound that I think uh, is really remarkable. It's just uh, incredibly strong work. I really, really enjoy it. Thank you, Jason. So um, you mentioned before that you have done uh, seven tours uh, out on the West Coast. How does, how does that, how does that work? How do you make that financially viable to, uh, to, to do Wait, that much travel? Financially viable? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. About? Does that not factor into it? I understand. <laughs> we all have day jobs there. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, this is Reed. It's been a, it's been, I think we're really blessed as a group to have the full commitment of all of us to, to want to pick up from our lives, pick up uh, leave Portland and go on tour, not necessarily 
coming back with anything more than paying for our lodging and our food, but um, but as a incredibly rich uh, time to spend with each other and to develop the songs more each night and to um, to really get to know each other better. Um, I feel incredibly blessed to be able to do that with, with all five of us. The only track uh, on Observatories that is not by a member of the band is the tune Love, Love, Love uh, by Wayne Horvitz. Um, can one of you, I know you guys have, have played with Wayne uh, and that he uh, likes the band. Can one of you uh, just talk about Wayne and why he chose uh, one of his compositions? Uh, Joe here. I I, um, I was, uh, basically I was at a record store and um, I've always loved Wayne and, and uh, uh, there was an employee pick and it was one of Wayne's albums, and uh, and I realized I had never heard that album, and I put it on, and um, just immediately fell in love with it. I, it's, it's an it was uh, I think originally it was called American Bandstand, and after talking to Wayne, uh, he said that they had to change it because of Amer- because of copyright or whatever. Uh, he got a phone call or something. So, uh, what did he end up changing it to? Do you know, Reed? Do you remember? Is it called Don't Mess with Dick Clark now? <laughs> yes, it is. Don't mess with Dick. I'm not actually sure the name of that album. Um, oh, Forever. I think it's called Forever. Yeah. Um, I think it's listed as both on All Music Guide. I, I'm not sure. I think it's called Forever, though. Anyway, it's a beautiful record, and the first, I think the first song is called Ben's Song, and that sold me immediately. That's a beautiful song, and that was the first thing I thought, uh, Blue Cranes has to cover this song. And then I got to Love, 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 and, and that was it. <laughs> that was the one. It was, uh, you know, it's a first of all, it's a great name. Love, love, love. Um, and uh, if you ever meet Wayne, ask him why he named it that. It's a great story. Um, but uh, and then I played it for the for the band on tour in the van, and everyone just fell in love with it. And I think by the time we got back, we had the music for it. I think he had a print. I think he had it. He has it on his website. Uh, it's all written out, and uh, we just learned it and. It, and it's become a fan favorite, absolutely. And did he write it for a quintet like this, or did you guys um, arrange it for your 
your band? We arranged it for us. Uh, yeah, there there weren't any horns on the original. It's just uh, uh, Tim Young actually, who plays on our on this record, um, is on the original. Um, so and it's written for guitar, uh, keyboards, bass, and drums, and uh, we just sort of. Uh, through the sax and we, we we sort of play the background melody the first when we first come in and then we play the melody with Rebecca and then and then we just sort of like free improvise over the over the changes and uh yeah we just came up with this concept and and uh we played it for Wayne and he he loved the way we did it and gave us his blessing and we put it on the record and invited Tim to come play on it so Tim plays on it as well that's great my guests are uh, saxophonist Reed Wallsmith and Joe Cunningham. They are uh, two-fifths of the band Blue Cranes, uh, whose new album is called Observatories. And, uh, you know, by this point, it's obvious that I highly recommend it. And they will be uh, taking a train somewhere near where you live. So uh, if you either can think of some place for them to play and uh, would like to contact them, or uh, certainly if you want to go out and support some great independent music, uh, make sure you go out and support that tour. You'll find out uh, how to reach them and how to keep uh, track of their tour in the show notes at thejazzsession.com for this episode. Reed and Joe, it's uh, it's been obviously a pleasure listening to the music and uh, an equal pleasure talking to you guys about it. I really uh, appreciate your time and, and wish you continued success and look forward to seeing you out here on the East Coast. Thank you so much, Jason Craig. Thanks a lot, Jason. That's music from Blue Cranes and their album Observatories. They are uh, launching a nationwide tour by train, and uh, you're going to want to see them. So visit their website. You'll find it linked in the show notes at thejazzsession.com. 
This is the Jazz Session, sponsored by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of this show is available in iTunes. I think that's actually a lie. Almost every episode of the show is in iTunes, but uh, iTunes might have some limit for the number of shows that they archive, because uh, I'm not sure that the first few are in there anymore. But it doesn't matter, because where you can find the first few and all of the ones that follow it uh, is at thejazzsession.com, where all of the archives are stored, uh, as I like to say, until the internet collapses. And if you go to thejazzsession.com, you will find Amazon links in the show notes for each show to help you purchase the music that you hear on the show. And if you do it that way, a little bit of the money comes back to me, not going to lie. I always say it comes back to the show, but, you know, it doesn't go to pay the staff, really, because there's no staff. And uh, you'll also find a donate button, and if you were to uh, donate securely via PayPal, I'll let you guess where that money goes. And if you'd be interested in underwriting the jazz session, if your company would like to be attached to a show of this caliber and uh, and reach my listeners, who I have to say are of a very high caliber, uh, then contact me via the contact page at thejazzsession.com. And I'm getting dangerously close to having to redo uh, this part of the show, too. So, anyway, thanks to the Respect Sextet, they've got a great record, which I'm sure took no editing at all, called Farcical Built for Six. Find it at respectsextet.com. Dave Vrabel designed the show's logo. Thank you, Dave. And thank you so much for listening. Now, please, go out, go forth, and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can. And then come back next time, if you can, for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.